After a uh, really volatile final hour of trading, what's the last thing you want to hear in the overnight news? More banking problems. Deutsche Bank now. It's hitting not only the bank stocks, it's kind of hitting the whole market. We haven't seen that before. Can the flight to tax save us again? We'll find out. 8.35, Ryan Dietrich's coming on. And man, that guy comes with some bullish stats. He is working feverishly right now to figure it out. It's Friday. It's the end of the week. Let's see if we can hold Monday's low. Let's get it going, Mitch. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders. The screen speaks for itself. Down 38 and a half handles at 38.39.50. Uh, buck is showing some strength, up 63 cents. The bonds flight to quality up a buck and a half at 133 and a quarter. Ooh, that 134 area. That may force the Fed to do something. Who needs crude in a recession? Down 267 at 67.39. Gold just hanging out at 2K, up 330 at 1999.20. Silver finally waking up to the rally, up 12.9 cents at 23,370. And Bitcoin futures, well, they're going with the tech stocks today. They're down $760 at 27,790. Uh, Triple D, okay, let's say you were a college student right now, yeah. okay? Yeah. And if you were in a stock pitch competition, in the current market environment, you, made, you did your entry in, let's say, November, December. What stock would you pitch? Nothing. I'm buying nothing. So maybe <laughs> maybe some gold. I don't even know. I think we're going into a world of pain here. Uh, and again, it's just because we keep getting more information. It's this information flow. But it depends on your time frame here, Joel. Like, what's your time frame? Okay. And I just get a, just cut right to the chase, and then we'll get to the markets. If you're trading, I'm buying nothing. If you're long-term investing, maybe you could pick up. I am going to a stock pitch competition today. Okay. At the, at the University of Michigan. Okay. From the grad school. For the, awesome. And I'm going to be tweeting. I don't tweet a lot, but I'm going to be Can tweeting. Can you go short? <laughs> no. No. Eight students. Um, I'll just give a sneak preview of uh, one of the stocks that's going to be presented and I'll be tweeting out. But uh, remember when I did that competition or I did the um, the broadcast from U of M? Remember yeah. that young lady? Yeah, Brooke? Yeah, that was fun. yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, they were t I went to dinner last night with them and talked to their stocks. And you know what stock she picked and she's going to be presenting? Toll Brothers. The home builders? Yep. Yeah. Here's the problem. Again, wow. I think they're value traps, but I'm so early. I've been so early on these calls. I mean, again, the home brother, the, the, the toll brothers, the home builders, they've got low PEs. If you're just looking at it from a balance sheet perspective, you're like, wow, these things are cheap. But it's just like predicting where we're heading. And I think we're heading into an area that we don't want to be fully invested and especially going into home building. I just think that's a terrible area to be going into, but I get the valuation. If you're just a number crunch or CFA, looking at these numbers, predicting nothing about the future, like not looking ahead, just looking here, the home builders are cheap. But I just think they're cheap for a reason, and I think it's troublesome times ahead. Okay, well, there's uh, seven other people uh, presenting. In, what are you uh, thinking about? Uh, I'm not thinking about anything. Well, you got to put You better find one. Well, I'll, pick I'll, one, I'll, whatever they go with, there's going to be eight of them. And, go in the uh, dumpster. Go find something, man. Yeah, there's something down yeah. there. Um, I, I, I talked to one of them and they said, what are you buying? And I said, T-bills. So, um, yeah. I didn't want to. That's, uh, that's what looks the best, man. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. 
I think that's what's the best. T-bills. There you go. Look yeah. at the LT today. They, we, I know you covered it, but just put it on the screen. What? Uh, the TLT looks strong, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah. There's a reflection of thirty year bond, and uh, just to let you know for the uh, I logged you know I logged into um, uh, my long term account for the last time to look at uh, FRC yesterday. <laughs> the the last time. Yeah. Last yep. time, as it's gonna go eventually. Probably. No, no. I, I I took Dennis. I know you don't give investment advice, mm. but but I but I took the loss. I took the loss. I took the loss like a man. Yeah. I I, I believe FRC. I'll say it on this show right now. I believe FRC is going to be a zero. That's what I believe. I may be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I believe it's going to be an FDIC bank and there's going to be nothing left for shareholders, unfortunately. That's what I believe. Um, it's just not participating in any rallies. It's trying to break down new lows. The thing is eleven bucks. It's telling you there's problems. Unfortunately, I believe there's going to be a lot of other ones too. So I think we're going into a world of pain here. I think the Fed, I think when we're talking a month from now, I think that we could actually have to have those emergency cuts that I was somewhat joking about before. Um, it's just not a good environment. And again, this S&P is so resilient because of tech and it is giving everybody a chance to get out. If you get killed in this next crisis, if you're like, I didn't see this coming, you definitely haven't been listening to this show. This S&P, has given so many chances to get the hell out of stocks. I, right now, and I've been saying this for a while, have the most cash that I think I've ever had. So I'm not short the market, but I'm sitting just with boatloads of cash. So, you know, it's kicking up to like 65% now cash. So again, I'm getting paid to wait and I just see so much risk. Yeah, we can go into tech stocks and tech stocks have been really well, but eventually, that that will cave. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what we've seen saying. today. Actually, the tech stocks cave too. So I think it's just a gift. I think the recent rally has been a gift. I just from the tape action, you've got to watch the banks. I mean, that's all that matters. And when these banks continue to go down, and now we have new news: Deutsche Bank looks like they're in now trouble here as well over in Europe. One of the big ones. I see Bank America. It, it's not as scary when it's just the regionals. But Bank America is breaking down to new lows every single day, it seems like now. Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Goldman's holding on a little bit, but approaching its lows as well. Morgan holding on a little bit, approaching its lows as well. I mean, these banks are just ugly. You cannot, people will tell you, they said on CBC that you can rally without the banks. Yes, you can if the banks aren't rallying, the market can still go. You cannot rally if the banks start to fail. That is the difference. The banks start to fail, you will not rally. So it's a matter of whether these banks are actually, some of these regionals are going to continue to fail and then we're going to get contagion. So I just think we are setting up for financial crisis part two. I do believe the Fed has the tools to take us out of it. So, you know, I think that we're going to be okay because I think that there will be emergency rate cuts once we start losing more banks. But I think there's some pain ahead here yet. All right. I think I think one other thing that's uh, bothering the market too is just the uh, indecisive. I mean, you know, uh, Powell comes out and says one thing, uh, Yellen says another thing, and then she reverses what she says. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I mean that is what the market doesn't like. The market. Mitch, can you can you like give us the Yellen comments from yesterday yeah, because that, this that. is ridiculous. She exactly went opposite to what she said the day before. Yeah, Yellen tried to reassure the public that deposits were safe again, promising firepower to battle any crisis a day after she unnerved the market, saying that a blanket insurance of all deposits was not being considered. So which one is it? That's what happens here, right? The they, question- they had a talk with her after those comments and said, you need to take those comments back. So she could completely reverse. What yeah, she literally, they before. called her in. They, they just said, hey, come come in. Uh, the they office. did. They, they, somebody talked with her before she talked again, said you need to retract the, that statement because the market doesn't want to hear this. And now everybody's just nervous. Now everybody's yeah, like, I don't know what to think. Are they lying to us? You know, like everybody is just more nervous here too. And it's just about the banks. I mean, nothing mm-hmm. else matters here. You're going to see rip roar and rallies because people think that tech will continue to go higher. You're going to hear the bullish arguments here. But I will tell you, if we get, it's still an F, if we continue to get more bank failures or more bank bailouts, the market mm-hmm. goes lower. 
So I mean, it's a big difference with the banks not rallying and the market going without it. And you'll see the charts where the XLF, we, we showed it, you know, and then they were showing it on CNBC because they like to take our content. But the XLF, you know, has gone nowhere for the, since the financial crisis. So you can argue that, well, we don't need the banks. That's what the argument was on CNBC. We don't need the banks to continue to rally because the banks haven't rallied for the last 15 years. But you can't have bank failures. It's a big difference. Banks can stay here. That's fine. We could rally. If the banks stop and stay at these prices indefinitely, yes. yep. the market can continue and the NASDAQ can continue. We cannot have the banks continuing to go lower because then that's eventually going to scare people and it can eventually move into bank runs and eventually into bank failures. So that's the big difference is we cannot have more bank failures. Banks can stabilize. That's all it needs. They don't even need to rally. They just need to stop going down. But they have not stopped going down, which is why I continue to raise cash. Show me a reason um, that the banks are going to turn it all around. I will start buying stocks hand over fist. But you know what? I'm She's probably like and the market's a, not cheap. Yeah, not at all. And it's kind of like when you you were like in uh in in high school or junior high, and you know you did something wrong, you know. And then all of a sudden, over the loudspeaker, uh, Joel Conan please <laughs> report to the principal's office. And you're like, you know, oh, they got me. And they need you waited, and they said Janet Yellen. Jerome Powell's on the line. Come to his office. That's exactly yep. what happened. And then when Joel made it to the office, he saw Mitch sitting right there already waiting. Yeah. You guys are <laughs> trouble, man. <laughs> you too. I know you sit. I had to sit with the principal one day. Like literally the whole day he made me sit next to him. <laughs> you guys were bad. Quick story. Quick story. This is a good one. I, I did something on a Friday with two other guys. And, you know, I'm not going to reveal what happened. And um, nothing happened on Friday. And on Monday, um, you know, rumors would go around to school. Joel and got uh, I got called down. <laughs> and I go into the office. And the two guys I was with were walking out of the principal's office. Uh-oh. And I'm like, Trouble. rats. Oh, man. <laughs> they They... They ratted. They, they ratted you out, right? Boy. No, right. No, totally and, and this, the principal had always been wanting to get me, like always wanted to see, you know, suspend me. And it was like senior year. And, what and did I'm, you do? I don't. I want to talk about it. Oh, oh yeah, we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that. It wasn't. It wasn't too illegal. All right, I'll, I'll reel this back here. I'll reel this back. No, but listen. But this is what I did. This is what I did. I said. I said no. I didn't. Oh man. I said I no. I go. What proof do you have? I go, this is Friday. And she was like, I'm going to suspend you. I'm going to suspend you. And I'm like, oh, man, this is bad Show news. Me the proof. You know? My Show dad me was the already proof. on me and stuff. So That's hearsay I... what those guys said. That's hearsay. Exactly. Do it. That's hearsay. Yeah. And she said, okay, I'm not going to suspend you, but I want you to, uh, you know, to tell your parents about what happened <laughs> and have your parents call me. And tell me that you told them what happened. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. So my dad's sleeping on the couch one night. And, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, dad, I got to tell you something happened at school. And uh, and he goes, what? And I'm like, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I go, we you call Mrs. Sandlin and tell her that you told me? He's like, yeah, okay, fine. And then, uh, so, so he called. I don't even know if he ever called her, but uh, yeah, that was. Uh, well, I can tell you the chat is loving taking turns on trying to figure out what the hell you did, I know, Joel. I'm scared. <laughs> nah, I can't. <laughs> I just enjoyed it. Was it was nothing super illegal. It wasn't super illegal. Just a little Not bit illegal. Super. Um, but yeah, let's get back to the gambling action. for sure. Something of course, with no, 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 no. Let's just go. Let's move on. All right. Well, I'm bringing us back to the Fed action. We're going to take a look at the Fed borrowing. You guys know I've been trying to bring some graphics and I'll still give them a shout out. Reuters does really good on these yeah, graphics. Um, so here is the Fed borrowing <laughs> That's a ridiculous turns. Picture. This is the credit crisis. Banks turn to the Fed for cash. Look at 2008 or, or I'm that looking. went only up to like one, one ten, one. Look at that yeah, line now. I know that's they parabolic. More. They borrowed, but but you know why they were rallying? They borrowed less this week than they borrowed the previous week. But yeah, they still bullish. borrowed a lot more. That's bullish. Yeah, because if you if you weigh inflation into there, it's probably like three hundred or six hundred, right? I mean, that's a whole nother ball game. But one thing to mention here is, of course, the Fed's newly launched banking term funding program is moving up. Right? It was at zero, just started. Now it's at fifty three point seven billion 
almost five times the outing of the first previous week. And then also you're seeing now the Fed lending to foreign central banks. Um, and this went from nothing on March 15 to now 60 billion. And so it just seems like the borrowing is just out of control right now. And that just shows me more and more that there could be more concern. I mean, these banks aren't borrowing for no reason, no, right? No, they're borrowing to shore it up. They know that there's like potential liquidity crisis here coming for them. So they're all, they're all, and they're know. powering it like insane, like relatively insane rates, high yeah. rates. I know. Yeah. It's like, it's like sold the bottom and buying the top. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's going to be Can't... disappointing for sure. Let's talk a little bit about the Deutsche Bank let's comments do. here let's and let's get it. into more of that. Of course, it's falling this morning. Um, following a spike in credit default swaps on Thursday nights as the concerns of European bank persisted. Um, of course, if you guys take a look at those defaults, the, they were going up to 173 basis points on Thursday nights from 142 basis points the previous day. Of course, these were the bonds um, that were considered kind of a, we're going to get written down, right, by UBS decision uh they had about 17 billions of bonds that were wiped out last weekend, right? And so this is where the concern comes. If you're in those uh, bonds, do you step out of them? Because these are written, being written down to zero. So those investors are getting to the point where what do they make the decision on here? It's, it's a very confusing situation because some investors really did get screwed in this situation. Oh, I just think you look at the chart, you don't even need to know the individual stories and the breakdowns happening here and the Credit Suisse deals now in jeopardy, apparently. And you're just looking like, holy mackerel, That's we just horrible. don't need more problems. Yeah. We don't need more banking problems. Deutsche Bank is the biggest fish over there. So it's it's like equivalent to Bank America having problems here. I mean, it's huge. So you can't just you know throw this in this one. I'll be OK. This one's embedded with everything. So. You know, if we end up getting a situation where Deutsche Bank's got problems, we got big problems. So Deutsche Bank, they have been going down. They've had problems for a long time, but there hasn't been this worry about, you know, bank failures. You know, and obviously a lot of this has come to roost, maybe because maybe it started with the U.S. worrying and the worries of just, you know, and then mm -hmm. obviously the Europeans have been saying, you know, that that's the reason the Credit Suisse was the tipping point was the U.S. banking problems. And I mean... Credit Suisse had all kinds of problems before that. So it's nice to point the finger at us. And maybe that was the tipping point, but eventually it was going to happen. Deutsche Bank maybe going down the same road here eventually. We don't know yet. We need more information. But just so many unknowns. The unquantifiable risk here in these markets makes me want to sell every single rally. Yeah, and it doesn't look good either when we started to see some of these bigger banks just start breaking through the lows, right? Look at that Bank of America chart. That's uh -huh. looking Bring them back to our horrible, banks. Right? No, that's it's where problems. Yeah, that's not looking good. And I was looking at JPM seeing like maybe can we hold on to that 17th low, right? 125. Oh, boom, we're already below that too. So doesn't look good here even in the fortress, right? Kramer's fortress, JPM. I don't know about these. I'm kind of starting to get to the point where, and you guys asked me yesterday, would I invest in any of these? And now definitely the answer is hell no. No. No, right now I think, and again, I'm scared to invest even in anything in the market here right now because I just think it eventually brings everything down. But as I can continue to see, and I'm a broken record here, as I continue to see, and I tweeted like five times yesterday. People were probably annoyed with it. But we were rallying yesterday, and I'm like, it doesn't make any sense to be rallying here. This is just irrational exuberance. It's pure stupidity, really. You know, mm -hmm. let's just pile into everything tech because we're going to be okay there. I, I think it's I think it's dumb money. I think eventually that caves too. Now again, relative strength. So I'm long some tech stocks and I'm short S and P's against it because I keep playing this relative strength trade where I do think tech holds up better. But I mean, if the banks go boom, tech goes boom. Maybe it doesn't go down as far, but you still lose money if you just flat out long. So I like the relative strength game, maybe owning tech relative to other things. But eventually, if the banking crisis gets ugly enough, it all goes down. And everybody Get some good out. news. Is there any good news out there? Let's look at gold. I mean, Netflix was good, good news, news yesterday, as long as you don't subscribe to it. 
Did you see the I Netflix mean, news yesterday? They're cracking down. They haven't done in the U.S., but they're cracking down on the shared uh, account. Is that why it was moving, Dennis? Yeah, that's why it went up. I thought it was. I down. thought it was the Apple content deal that. No, it they're was cracking down out. on the shared accounts. Did, so does know, it really work? That for a long time. I, yeah, I saw, that's yeah. why I want to ask. I want to ask the chat, like, because you know our chat always knows things. Does it really work? Has anyone gotten hit with the password like block on Netflix? They haven't started in the U.S. They said yet. So, but they are starting it elsewhere here. So basically just experimenting here with uh, cracking down on the shared password. So everybody thinks, well, everybody who's sharing, you know, five accounts, they're all those people are going to subscribe to it too. There may be some truth to that. So I think that the subscribers probably do actually go up here. Yeah. I don't understand why they ever allowed that anyways, but that was the main reason, the main uh, reason we were rallying yesterday for Netflix. So that was good news for shareholders. Not good news if you like, you know, if you got an account you're sharing with five people, so now all of a sudden you're gonna be paying, you have to go buy your own account. I think eventually they're gonna crack down on this though, um, in, in in the U.S. as well. Can't you use like some like uh, servers or something just to appear right. that you're like oh, in I'm your sure home state or something be like that to get around it? I'm sure. Come on, be man. You know, you, you know, we figure it out here in the U.S. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll do a show on that. How to get around the Netflix sharing? <laughs> Netflix oh, will love I, that. I, I, I have. Good. I have one on Hotwire that I don't tell anybody about, but uh, that's that's why I use Hotwire. But let's get to some retail stocks. How about we talk a little bit about something else, right? Um, it's not a that positive story, too. but yeah. Will retail continue to get hit? Um, I'm going to bring yes. in Express earnings here, but we can take a look also at the major department stores. Let's get first through Express's earnings. They don't look good, and I've, I've shopped at Express before, and I might be looking at some sales pretty soon. Uh, loss of EPS 63 cent beat the loss of 72 cent estimates. Sales of 514.3 million missed 536.68 million estimate. And this is, of course, express the uh, kind of it's just an apparel goods. Um, you guys can see them in every mall, I'm sure. The stock is 78 cents. Yeah, the stock yeah this one went crazy with to... the meme stocks remember oh yeah this... i remember it was a meme stir and it was it was a meme let's go stir. back and look at those charts oh yeah in 2020 when it went from 86 cents to 14 dollars holy was that a gift those meme stirs give gifts man um man, i'm sorry to say i believe this one is also a zero or at least yeah. a bankruptcy maybe it trades on the pinks so. what do you for 14 that was uh expr correct yeah, yeah, that's one we're yeah, talking about. Oh, that spike. Oh, yeah, I you see oh, it. You that was the GameStop yeah, yeah, it's, Oh, yeah, we're squeezing it, the X. It, it didn't take long to come it down. Was that's right the problem. That, crap. It was right on that gray. <laughs> we it, buy all okay. the crap and it squeezes and we moon all the crap. <laughs> oh, man. It all ended not that great. Yeah, but it, it was come down last at least. Did GameStop hold its gains? Hell, a lot of them. Yeah. It makes money now. That's impressive. No, I didn't know. Not from a couple days ago. Yeah. Kramer top ticked that. Did you see it? We'll give no. you a shout out, Jim. It was a really bad call. It might have been one of your worst calls in a long time. Jim does some okay calls sometimes, but he's, he's been a little bit them. cold lately. Again, I'm going to give Jim, and if you're listening, you know, the producer who does Mad Money, this is the problem with Jim Kramer right now, is he is a momentum trader and winner in a contrarian market. He killed yeah. it in 2020. Fantastic calls. But you cannot be a momentum trader in a contrarian market. He chases everything. GameStop was at $27, 27 bucks, And he, right before it opened, he says, I think it can go higher. It went straight down. It was $27. The high tick was $27. He actually hit the high tick. He said it, and I was like, are you kidding me? And it went straight down from there. So, I mean, this is the problem, though. It's a, This, in a nutshell, is being unwilling to change your strategies. So you have to adjust to your market. Mm-hmm. Kramer, unfortunately, is still doing momentum calls. Stock gaps up, he likes it. Stock goes down, he doesn't like it. We're in a contrarian market. It's fading moves. That is what is making money this year. Fading moves. Contrarians are winning, not the momentum traders. Dennis, so, he's in producer, a, he's for, a... producer for Mad Money, we know you listen. Tell Jim Kramer to stop making momentum calls. Move to a contrarian and his calls will get much better. We uh we talked about this because that gray spike was in the uh in the pre market and one thing that you know I try and stress I hope that people listen is like can you get to that pre market high you know can you get it bid can you take it out or there's more of a chance of a fade and 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 Dennis I just want to say one thing um you know he, he's on national television right and 
you know, people, you know, we're, we have a little bit more freedom to talk about the market going in both directions. We don't have major. Yeah. And, and so he is handcuffed. Very true. He really is. And so I, you know, he's really, he's an entertainer. He's an unfair advantage, you know, because of what he does. And and all all media, all media except for us. Jim, though, uh, most media is like that, Joel. But Jim, think about the financial crisis. You know, think about his epic rant. They don't know what they're doing. You know, these banks are going to fail. These people are going to lose their jobs and they know nothing. Remember that? So Jim is not afraid to make a bearish call here, too. I really believe that. And I've been a fan of Jim Cramer. He's one of the best. Entertainers. I've been a long-term Jim Cramer fan. Maybe I'm the just only saying one. right now he is struggling with his calls because he's sticking to momentum strategies. you got to be doing contrarian strategies. It's that simple. If he started making contrarian calls, all of a sudden that SJIM would probably start going down. So yeah, that's what he needs get, to do. He needs they wouldn't to get be their... able to go to contrarian calls. Is that catching on at all? How's the volume in that thing? I don't know if that's it's, it's light. On. They're light volume. Yeah. Yeah. Really I've talked about gotta be careful this. trading the stuff. Yeah. Really I've fan. talked about it. Yeah. I've talked about that. It's Defend. just the spread. It's too thin. The spread Defend. is too wide. It's thin. Yeah. yeah just be so careful with those team. Yeah. Um, well, but you know, I didn't want to bring this to like Macy's. I heard they're coming out with a D. S J I M. That's that's a double. Um, <laughs> the double short, Jim. <laughs> Probably. Maybe it's in a box. No. Um, uh, but w- what do you guys think about the other department stores, like the bigger ones, like Macy's, JWN, Kohl's? Will these get back down to pandemic levels? Yeah. I, I mean, look so. at Kohl's. I know, and I'm long a little bit of Kohl's, and I shouldn't be. It's becoming a smaller and smaller position every single day, so that's the good thing. <laughs> Not going <laughs> to double down anytime soon. And yes, I do believe we're going down to the pandemic lows on most of these things. The problem is, we were heading for a recession before these bank thing yeah. problems started. Yeah. Now, this is just the tipping point, which is going to kick us into the full recession. Soft yeah. landing, throw it out the window. It's not happening. Unless, well, maybe. Maybe if they they lose a couple more banks, they go to emergency rate cuts. When the emergency rate cuts start, maybe that's when you can start thinking about buying stocks. But then, are we really problems? I don't know. So inflation is still here. I mean, this whole market is just set up so poorly right now. We can look at whatever statistics. And I know Ryan's going to come on here. Yeah, what a day to have Ryan. Yeah, and, and, you know, and he he brings us back, you know, because Ryan comes with some great stats, you know, and he can come and look, you know, to, to previous history, obviously. And it's hopefully going to take me out of this bearish, you know, rant and bearishness that I'm in. But I just think there's just too much risk. It all, for me, on every single thing and for you too, Mitch, I know you talk about too, it's all risk return. Yeah. Well, when I see banks failures and zeros, I can't quantify the risk. So why exactly. am I going in and investing? And then Simple I sit on the that. sidelines and I get paid 5% to do it. Not not anymore. Now it's down to 4.6, 4.7. But I tied a lot of money up at 5.2. I mean, it's not bad. Again, it's you're not. losing to inflation, but I'm not losing. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you just said it earlier, right? We talked about it. You didn't even want to go buying anything. So let alone... It, it might be time to sit on the sideline, right? I mean, that's just how it is right now. And I know that you've been raising cash, Dennis. Are you raising more cash? Yeah, I have been into the rallies. I like kind of puke when I look at I have this much cash here now. But at the same time, I'm like, I still see my portfolio going down too overall, which kind of sucks. It's like I'm right, but I'm long invested still 35%. So the 35% of stocks that I have is still going down. Now, my trading account is doing fantastic, making new highs yeah. every day. Uh, but at the long-term investing, which only invests long, I'm just trying to be very conservative there because I just think we got a long ways to get out of the woods here. The biggest gift I think that we've gotten in the last three months was that spike in JWN by Ryan Cohen. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Was that <laughs> What a, a gift. gift. What a gift. It went to 27. You never and even now got confirmation 15. that he's in. Yeah. We, we never even got the confirmation. I don't confirmation. even think we got the confirmation. I don't know if he ever was in. It might have just been a bad report. Has anybody, can anybody confirm? Like, I never He's saw a quiet, huh? He's I don't been even quiet know if he at that Oh, man. If he didn't have it, well, I'm pretty sure he didn't jump back in it. It went to like $30 after hours. So you won't see that on your yeah. chart. You'll see the high around 27 but it went to actually 30 That's how dumb people are. And this was dumb money chasing this. You know, oh, and again, man. I mean, just 
I, I just don't get like, you know, the algos. Like, I don't know how some of these algos make money. Like, they're buying the thing up 30% because possibly Cohen, who screwed them all in Bed Bath and Beyond. Let's just say it, call it what it is. Yeah. You know, like he got yeah. out and and basically and the thing went down and he got out making all the money. I mean, he screwed everybody in Bed Bath. I don't Bath see Beyond. how that happens, man. He did. I, he screwed everybody in Bed Bath and Beyond. He, he's a good salesman, I'll tell you that much. And then you're gonna chase him for 30% JWM. You're going for it again. Fool me once, shame on you, fool me. Sh- twice shame on you know shame on yeah. me so i don't get it at all either i think these things are in a world of pain he may be in there we don't know i don't think we've seen any confirmation he's in yeah. there though yeah yeah you know what we need we need a facts checker who's going to be our facts checker <laughs> we need a facts checker Call him up and ask him if he's in there it doesn't even matter though these things are in a world of pain here again to your point you know are these retailers going to bounce back here the only way they do is if we get the banking system stabilized and we actually have inflation in check and we start lowering rates. That's when the market starts rallying. How the hell do you get there? We're not even close. We have, we have more problems today than we had a month ago or two months ago. But two months ago, they were only worrying about inflation. Now we're worrying about bank failures. And well, you want to go in and invest in this market? But let's Crazy take a look at me. Some data that we're getting in here. We didn't, I didn't think it'd be the biggest data, but let's take a look there. Durable goods here month over month for February coming in at negative 1% versus 0.6% estimate prior was negative 4.5. Um, is it moving the market still? Uh, a minor pop, but, but uh, Dennis, if, uh, you know, if I told you, on Friday, we spoke over the weekend, and I told you all these things. You know, we're gonna have. You know, we had the Fed meeting. We have everything. Like from the net change on Friday, where do you where do you think? I mean, obviously, nowhere not because over tech with. is holding us up. Right, we're down. We're we're down. Uh, last Friday's close was thirty nine forty seven. We are actually trading six handles below that. That to me, the tech. I mean, just keep your eye on those the five stocks that we talk about all the time. If they don't, today's one of those days where, you know, if those don't come to the rescue early, it's going to be one of those days. They're already trying again, though. QQQ right. holding up very well here. So they're already trying again. Some of these texts. Meta is green here this morning, Joel. I mean, they're already trying. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Yeah, the TikTok stuff. But the other tech stocks are not down much. Apple's down 0.48%, not much. They're trying again, and they're going to keep trying. But eventually, I mean, these are your soldiers. This is what holds up the S&P. I just think eventually, though, they they won't be able to do it. They can't do it by themselves. That's, you know, what my thought process is. Again, I'd rather be in tech than banks right now. So I'd rather be there. But I don't want to – I'd rather just be in cash overall. So if I've got to be in stocks, you know, maybe I'm putting on – and again, I'm doing this – Long tech, short other things, long tech, even short, you know, IWM works really well today. So, I mean, you can see where we're heading here. It's like the bank crisis looks like it's worsening. But I think if you're just flat out a long trader, I think you're just better to sit on the sidelines if you're just a long trader. Now, again, I'm long short, so I can position myself. I can take advantage of relative strength which I'm mm-hmm. trying to do here today. I think that's the way you trade this. It's been an excellent trading month. Te- technology, which we called on this show three, two weeks ago, that we thought that the money might actually start to go into tech as a safe haven, and it's exactly yeah. done that. But now it's just overextended too. I mean, we got Microsoft 25 times earnings, sitting at 52-week highs almost. Yeah. It's, it's you know, yeah. And, and again, full disclosure, I do actually have a Microsoft position on just my trading account again i'm short other things against it though just because i like the relative strength and i take these trades off i'm doing it every night and i take these trades off around 10 o'clock if i and i put the trades back on but i've been biased to be buying tech and shorting other things against it still staying market neutral yeah. hey, just a few weeks ago we were talking uh back when the market was trying to buy them at 3800 we were saying if if big tech had just stopped going down Right. If we could just if it could just stabilize and stop going down, then we might have a chance of a rally. And now we're the complete opposite where, you know, we're we're praying it to keep going up. And it, it has so far. But, uh, you know, today today will be a big test. You know, you're, you have your you know, your Friday, you have your weekly options expiration. Uh, you have your banking contagion. You have 
uh, you know, trepidation always over weekends. You have gold blasting over 2000. So, all right, we've had 35 minutes almost of not positive talk. And I don't know how I schedule the guests like I do, but if there's not a great day to have Ryan Dietrich on Help from us. Carson Group, today is the day. Give us the ball argument. We need here. it. And if he comes out bearish, I am I am getting I'm selling everything. My desk. Up bearish. I will. I'm gonna pull up my long term <laughs> account right now. All right, you guys smash the like. Let's get to our guest segment today. All right, welcome back, Ryan. They're waiting for you. Now let's have the questions and get some answers. Well, first all right. of all, how was that intro? Did you like that, that was good. I was going to say, maybe I should just say, you know, the world's ending. Ah, um, don't you know, say that. I'm not saying the that. The Algos will joking. run on that. Ryan Dietrich no. just said it's now <laughs> spreading through not, Twitter like wildfire. No rumors. No rumors. And every <laughs> Algo is selling right now. Yeah. Fake news. Although I want to say a positive thing for Ryan. Congratulations. You took your boys to see the Xavier game, right? Yeah. Yeah. X marks the spot. I don't have a team in the tournament anymore, so I'm cheering for your team. So uh, congratulations on that. And uh, what do you got in your bag of tricks, Ryan? Yeah, well, we'll talk about Xavier just for a second. They do play at 945 Eastern time, and we'll see. We're going to run through the state of Texas. We've got Texas first and maybe Houston. So who knows? You know, the way they shot the ball against Pittsburgh, maybe they can get there. But anyway. Um, good luck. How, how, uh, I actually picked UConn. Anybody got anyone left? I'll, I'll start pulling my slides. I actually said UConn when it started. You guys got anybody left for the for the winner? Uh, I, I am in 200, uh, 260 entries. I did uh, more than one entry. I got Gonzaga, and I'm in uh-huh. 19th place. They eked it out against UCLA last night. But, yeah, that was uh, a good one. Okay. Purdue turned out to be Purdue do. Uh, yeah. But um, <laughs> all right, come on. Where's the stats? All right, here we go. You see my screen? I hope you should. Right. Yep, I got you. Or right a little up. brain teaser. You guys know what you call a small biologist? <laughs> what do you call them? Oh, a microbiologist? A microbiologist. There you <laughs> there go. You go. Too, I saw that on awesome. Twitter. I don't know. We'll start with that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, you know, this big picture. I mean, you guys had a great discussion there. Yes, tech is definitely holding things up. You know, I mean, I, as of now, you know, Carson Group, we don't think this is a systemic risk. We don't think this is going to spread. I mean, yeah, Deutsche Bank's in the news. Are you kidding me? Like... They've been in trouble for a while, um, yeah. you know, so so I know what's going on with financials and things. We'll get into some of this stuff. But, you know, I, I mean, I've shared this chart before. Now, believe me, I'm aware of this quarter. I think, you know, at least as of last night, S&P is up about 4% for the year. Fully aware we're down about a percent. Who knows where, where today could go? Um, you know, and yes, a lot of that is because of tech. But still, we're in that seasonally bullish time frame. Um, you know, when you look at a four-year presidential cycle. So believe me, news trumps charts, everything that's going on, it moves things more. By the way, Janet Yellen, I think we need to just not let her talk anymore. I mean, oh I don't know like like Janet Yellen. But <laughs> no more yelling. Talking. Yeah, I mean, it's like yelling in a crowded theater or something. Yeah, you know, I don't know exactly. So, Cry wolf. You know, yeah, so so here's just the S&P the last 20 years. And I, I again, fully aware of what's going on here. We've had some bad marches before. 2003, a three-year bear market. A war started, a low March of 2003. Of course, we all remember March 2009. The world felt like it was really ending back then. And then March of 2020 when we shut down the world. So, you know, just a little bullet points. Yes, now this is skewed the last 20 years as an average. Those three years made this look like that. But I think it's still important to know that we've had some really bad times before March, and we have found a bottom, and we need some good news. Now, here's, you know, you guys, maybe a guest already talked about this this week. I'm not sure, but the Bank of America, I used to say Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. It's no longer that. Just the Bank of America Global Fund Manager Survey. Not surprising. Investors are about as worried as they've been the past 20 years. Mm. Again, Makes sense when you turn on TV and you see all the stuff that's going on and you own some bank stocks, you know, how you're feeling right now. Um, but again, sentiment and expectations are very, very low. Now we need positive price action. We need things to turn around. I'm just saying there are some things out there with the seasonal um, seasonal March period of lows and over-the-top bearishness that could uh, potentially spark it if we get some good news. I think I made 10 charts, so we're getting there. I mean, this is the big one, right? I know JC's been talking about this, a lot of other people, but XLF over 30. I looked this morning. We're at 30.50, I think. Now, yeah. you know, that, that's the previous peak of the great financial crisis. If we were to violate that on a closing, a weekly close, 
Sure, you know that that could be a warning sign that things would get worse. We're still flirting above 30, so I think we're not saying the world's about to end just yet with that above that very critical, um, important level. But boy, we are we're right there. And I just you know March Madness again. This is March. I think the last 20 years. Yeah. So you know the first half is rough. The second half is better. We have rallied the second half of March. We'll see what happens today, and we still have more time. I'm aware, but just kind of, just kind of be aware that you know March. How do I want to put it? March starts like a lamb and leaves like a lion. Maybe I think I'm going to reverse how that works, but that's kind of how we see it. Like just a couple more, you know. And again, this is one of those. It is what it is. I wouldn't want to ignore it. Um, April is higher in a pre-election year for the S and P. 17 in the last 18 pre-election years. That's back to like World War II. 94% of the time, it's up 3.5% on average. I know March is pretty strong. and We are you know down half a percent as of last night in the S&P on March. I know we're down more now, month than over yet. You go both ways there. But again, just be aware that April is usually strong. I know the way I like to use this stuff is if it doesn't work when it's supposed to, that's the warning sign, right? We had the Santa Claus rally. We had the rally in, in January. We had a lot of those things that kick off this year, as we remember, SP up 8% or so around yeah. Valentine's Day, and then it's crash. So that was supposed to happen. So what's supposed to happen is we're supposed to see some strength in April. So we'll see. You know, we have a big sell-off. Then listen, that, that, that would obviously uh, be quite concerning. We've got like two more. This is just a trifecta bullishness. I might have shared it with you last time, honestly, but I think it's important to remember. We rallied during Santa Claus, rallied the first five days, rallied during January. It is what it is. Normally, your years are higher, and we only were down twice, very or three times, three times. Not, it's, it'd be pretty rare to have a big sell-off this year. Now, lots of other factors, sure, um, but but just kind of have that in the back of your head. You see, your average entry year correction is about ten percent or so. I don't think we've had quite a ten percent correction this year yet. Um, well, looking at financials, but just on the S and P, but still, it's it's close to that. Final, a couple big picture charts. I'm sure you guys talk about this gold. We do not have any exposure to gold. Well, I shouldn't say that. We, we're overweight commodity. We have some gold exposure. We're thinking about adding a little more gold exposure, not a ton, but just a little bit in some of the models we run for our Carson group advisors. 12 years going up, 12 years going sideways, banking crisis, all that stuff. Dollar looks toppy. I've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, you know, So that, that could be a bullish one. I'm sure you guys have been all over that. Then just Bitcoin, not a recommendation of Bitcoin, but I like to look at it like a um, liquidity function. You know, broke that 25,000 level just last week and boom. You know, that was down. I know cryptos are down today. But again, if the world were ending, I just think the dollar would be going stronger and cryptos would be going weaker. Now, sure, cryptos were created. For this reason, yes, taking crisis. So yes. that's where it's like, oh, you know, talking about both sides of your mouth. I get it. But again, I think I think where I'd be more worried is the dollar started to soar. And I know there's some other countries that are trying to take away the dollar strength. We're just hearing about that lately. But I'll just put it like this. The dollar strengthens. That would make me a lot more worried that this is something bigger than just, um, you know, some, some really rough times with some scary headlines and some legit major drops, obviously, in those banks. I think I'm done. Oh, last one, last one. And I've shared this before, but again, it's worth remembering. Um, midterm years last year, S and people's back. What do I have? Seventeen half percent on average. So it's normal to have it. We had twenty five percent bear market last year. Obviously more than more than we probably expected, but it's not abnormal. A year off those lows. So I believe that'd be October fourteenth or twelfth. I should know this. Whatever the October lows were, you know the the average would be up thirty percent from there. We're not. I know that'd be a heck of a run from where we are right now by October. Um, but just something to uh, kind of be aware of. So I guess that's yeah. There we go. That's what that's what I that's those are my charts I threw together. We'll leave wow. it on my just Maybe I can stop sharing my screen. So uh, much yeah. information so what, what here. So much information here to digest. Yeah, through, and, you know, a lot. and obviously, I've got the bear goggles on here. So I'm yep. going to gravitate to the two charts of gold and Bitcoin. Yep. And both of those charts looked really bullish to me. It looks yep. like the gold is ready to break out. It looks like Bitcoin is ready to break out. And I think, man, that's telling me that this banking crisis is probably going to worsen because people are looking to play defense unless they're all just wrong, which, you know, that can happen too. But I just think, you know, if you're investing gold and to your point, Bitcoin was created. For yep. this reason, the Bitcoiners are right now the crypto. Uh, the crypto uh, people are all telling me that this is, you know, this. We were telling you this was coming. It is coming here. This is, you know, the end of the banks, and we're all going to have to move to Bitcoin and crypto. To How, wait, wait a second. That's what I'm I hearing wanna, on Twitter right now. I just. What are you saying, I, Joel? I want to interject here because I, yep. I just started, you know, looking at, you know, like with we that emphasis on Bitcoin. I mean, what do you think the the total market cap of Bitcoin is? The all crypto together was under a trillion dollars. All of okay, it. right. Well under it. Right. So Bitcoin. So four hundred billion. I guess four hundred billion. Five hundred fifty billion. Okay, I'm not that far off. It's okay. Up a bit. What What do you think the market cap of Apple is? No, exactly. 
That's yeah. Bitcoin is a stock. Bitcoin is a stock. Right. But it's right. a stock that, you know, a lot of people believe is a hedge against banks, a hedge against mm-hmm. a banking crisis. And you know what? They're being proven right on this hedge against the banking crisis here. Bring it back to Ryan. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's mixed messages here all over the place. Yes, sir. We see Bitcoin going up. Gold showing strength, which typically is not good for the markets when gold is showing strength. Um, tech holding up well, which is kind of a mixed message too, because usually when the market's tanking, tech isn't. But tech is a safe mm-hmm. haven. I, I'm very, you know, mi- mixed even from your data here. Like some of it's looking bearish, but other stuff's holding up yeah. well. What's your overall thoughts here? Like when you take all this and try to put it into a package of like what you think and where you think we're going to be, what's your overall thoughts here? Absolutely. You know, one other thing I want to point out, so the Bitcoin and gold, I mean, bonds, bonds are doing what they're supposed to do, right? I mean, yes. when stocks zig, bonds zag. I know yes. We all thought about this last year, the worst year since like Abraham Lincoln was the president or George Washington was president, whatever, whoever got the long-term data on bonds. We know stocks are down 20%. So it's nice, you know, as someone who constructs portfolios and models for advisors, it's nice that we're getting that diversification that you're supposed to, we didn't last year, uh, from bonds. So that's, that's, that's a, a good thing. You know, we still, from right this second to the end of the year, I mean, we're, we're overweight equities. Yes. I mean, we, we think this is still, um, you know, I don't think the end of the world's coming more pain, maybe, you know, but again, you know, I don't want to get too fundamental in some of these things, but you know, we still see a strong consumer. Look at some of the recent housing data. I mean, I know everyone's talking about the recession yeah. a year ago on April fool's day, cannot make this up. April fool's day is when the two ten yield curve inverted. Right. And again, we're just not seeing <laughs> signs nice. of a recession yet. Now I get the credit crunch that could be coming. Likely is going to be coming some of the potential slowdown that could be there. But you mentioned tech. I mean, you know, the one that, I mean, semiconductors, right. Semiconductors made a 52 week high relative to the S and P. I believe we could go today, last Friday. I looked at that when you have that. And, and you know, believe me, we, people can discuss this all day long. I think semiconductors are kind of like the new transports, right? They're in everything, right? They're yeah. everywhere. When, when that's happened the last 20 years, we haven't had a new 52-week high relative to the S&P on, on the SOX, is what I should say. We've not had a recession one or two years later any time. It happened eight times. And you actually have outperformance, not surprisingly, from semiconductors, but the market does okay. So you've got the leadership from that group, or is it just the safety trade because, oh, my goodness, we've got a banking crisis coming or here and a credit crunch, and there's less inflation, deflationary, less rate hikes. So that's more of a positive for, for technology. So like you said there, Dennis, it's more of a safety trade. Yes. I mean, you know, it's maybe a little bit of both. Maybe 60% safety, 40%. The world's not about to end. Um, it's kind of how I think I'd put it. But but b- bottom line, with our with the models we run, we are still overweight equities. We, we definitely like you, uh, industrials a lot, right? I mean, industrials, I know energy's pulled back a lot with the relative held up relative better than I think recruit has done. So there's some areas that we do think there's some opportunity second half of this year. I mean, it's hard to think. I know industrials are down like everything, but a couple of days ago, industrials are down 5% for the year, right? I mean, they're, they're hanging in there and it's hard to see a global recession. You've got things like Deer, Caterpillar, some of those other guys, you know, hanging in there better. It's not, it's not been a fun, um, well, it was a fun start to the year until Valentine's Day. I, I don't know. But then it hasn't been fun since. But we just think there's still some opportunity in stocks. But it's nice to see bonds and gold and some of these diversification things doing what they're supposed to do when you have a well-diversified, That's constructed true. portfolio. Well, one thing that I want to bring in here is I have a question on stagflation, right? It yep. seems like the Fed is stopping their interest rate hike rates and the inflation worry, yes, was still talked about, but it doesn't seem like the focus anymore. And we could still even have stagflation with low unemployment, right? If we just continue this drive, what's to keep us out of that? Yeah, it's really interesting because last year's when we had the massive inflation and gold, you know, didn't do all that much. Now <laughs> inflation's coming back. I mean, you know, that, that's kind of the bottom line. You look at some of the supply chain data that we're seeing, prices paid, time to delivery, um, just the PPI we saw, I think, last Thursday. Uh, you know, there's all these different signs. And then you look at like rents, right? And you look at housing prices. These things are coming back. These were the sticky parts of services that were why inflation's higher. So it's interesting. Inflation's coming back now. And now you got the credit crunch. We just had Jeremy Siegel. We've got a, I've got a podcast uh, shameless plug facts versus that, feelings. We had Jeremy Siegel on just, just two days ago. He said, what just happened with SVB is equivalent to like two or three potential 25 basis point hikes. Cause it's really putting the, the slowdown yeah. and the crunch on things. So again, yeah. and Jerome Powell said that so much on Wednesday that it's almost like doing some of the feds job bottom line though. Yeah. The feds, I guess got one more hike. I'm not so sure if I believe that though in the middle of a, a banking crisis, they're really going to do that in six weeks. Um, but they're, they're kind of done and out of the way and inflation is coming back within the next question is okay. Well, is inflation coming back because they're about to head into a vicious recession. We'd say no. If it is, it's a mild recession, in our opinion. Um, but but those are some some questions that are unique. And then the last thing on this, you know, for the week, 
High yield bonds are up, not by a lot. And I know today's not over. I get it. But again, if the world were ending, I, I think high yield and junk would probably be a, a good deal weaker. So those are just some kind of little tidbits that caught me on Wednesday when everything got killed after Yellen kind of opened her mouth about the 25,000 or I'm sorry, 250,000, not even looking at it. High yield was actually up only by like two or three pennies, but it was still up on Wednesday. That, that was one that caught my attention given the bloodbath we saw Wednesday. Ryan, and I hear this all the time. Why does it have to be a mild recession and not like a vicious, you know, like, mm-hmm. why, why, why does it have to be mild? Everybody keeps saying, I think we're going into a mild recession. Is this just to calm right. like people down? Like, why? Why does it have to be? I mean, we've been printing money nonstop. Mm-hmm. The Fed has been just the printing presses going off the charts here for 15 bloody years. And, you know, we're throwing more money at the problem. The financial crisis, we think, yeah, we saw that. No, we just threw more money at the problem. Printing, 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 printing. And now we have inflation, you know, going back to even what like a Peter Schiff would say, eventually catches up with prices starting to go up. And now we've, you know, there's COVID that kickstarted that. But, you know, when they all of a sudden, you know, they turn off the printing presses, I guess they're just going to turn it back on again. Is that why? Mm -hmm. Is that why? Because if we do start going to recession, they just turn on the printing press to to make it better here. Maybe I answered my own question. Why does it have to be mild? Yeah, interesting takes there. I mean, you know, I think it's to us. When we look at the consumer, I mean, the consumers aren't strapped when you look at credit cards. They're still out there spending. So we could dip into recession, but the consumer is in better shape. Corporate America is not nearly as leveraged as they were 15 years ago before, you know, financial crisis. So the leverage isn't quite the same in the system to, to us. Um, so that's kind of why if we had a recession, it wouldn't be like that. Maybe it could be like a 1990 recession. By the time it's almost over, everybody looks around it. And here's the other thing, and Professor Siegel pointed this out. We did have two quarters of negative GDP last year, all right? We all grew up in college and they'd say, oh, that's a recession. Yeah. So maybe we kind of had one last year in the rolling recession. You got a friend in the mortgage industry. You know, I mean, th- there's been parts of this economy that clearly have had a recession. Manufacturing was in one. We think it's bottoming now with China reopening. But still, we maybe had a minor recession last year. But by the book, you know, the um, oh, whoever calls it, I forget who it is, NBER, they didn't call it. So r- really interesting. One final thing, though, you look at earnings. I mean, earnings are the big thing. You know, a weak dollar historically kind of helps those multinationals, right? It was a, it was about a 5 to 6% headwind to earnings last year. Dollars going weaker. That could be one potential positive. You look at what companies have said the last couple of months. Actually, earnings, company like I think it's like 62 or 63% S&P 500 companies have actually increased their earnings guidance the next 12 months. That's something not too many people are talking about. Not by a lot. I'm not saying they're just going hog wild here. But I just keep hearing how bad earnings are going to be. But you look at what corporate America is saying, and it could change, sure. But what they're saying is not what people are, um, what, what I'm hearing about on TV so much. Now, my, my question would go now to unemployment. Are we yeah. going to see a spike here? Because, yeah. of course, that's what the Fed's intention has been in the first place. Mm-hmm. And everyone's mm-hmm. been talking about the loss of jobs. We really haven't seen it showed up. Are we going to start seeing the unemployment spike? What do you feel about that, Ryan? Yeah, I think you have. I think you have to with the credit crunch and things. And then you see the last week's uh, initial claims. I think it was 191,000. Don't quote me, but it was lower than expected. We're not seeing yeah. it in claims yet. But I think with everything going on and the different layoffs, there, there's probably going to be a little tick. We had a little bit of a tick up in unemployment. But again, you know, are we going to go from sub four to up over seven or eight real fast? We'd say no. I mean, you know, I, I don't think so. I think these things are still still fairly strong. You look at companies. Yes, we hear about all the big layoffs, and we all know about it and talk about. It. You mentioned. I think Facebook, Meadow, whatever you call it, is up. They've been laying people off. But, but you know, there are a lot of companies that are still hiring, too. I mean, you know, leisure, hospitality, those areas are hiring. So it's it's not so clear cut. But I think with everything going on, sure, a little bit of a tick higher in, in unemployment rate makes makes some sense to us. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Like always, you guys can check out everything Ryan Dietrich does and definitely keep him on Twitter. He's definitely a great follow, puts up some great tweets every now and then. So you guys keep up with all the statistics. Carson Group, appreciate you coming on. Chief Market Strategist. Thanks for having me back. I will I will be talking about a lot of Xavier basketball tonight. So don't like Xavier basketball, <laughs> don't follow my tweets, but we'll see. But guys, thanks for having me. Thanks, I appreciate Ryan. the opportunity. Bye bye. Yeah, and check out that podcast. I, I checked it yep. out. It's pretty good, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thank you. you. Yep. See all you guys. Right. All right, we uh, we got a rally going on here. Uh, yep. We are twelve Ooh. handles off the pre-market low. We have we well, have we, we, have we did the overnight cut down, right? This yeah, usually yeah. happens. Yeah, the uh, uh, we are back above the low from yesterday. Uh, trying to give yeah. some positives here. Uh, I think the real thing and the real onus on the bulls today, and a lot of times, you know, I'm, I think yeah, I think we can go green on the session. Oh boy, thirty-eight set, thirty-nine seventy-eight. Uh, that was your closer. That's still almost thirty handles away. 
that's going to take some pretty heavy lifting. Obviously, it can be done. Uh, that is the second lowest close we've had since we peaked in February. The actual lowest close, or excuse me, it's the third lowest close. Uh, we hit 39 to quarter last week, 39.47. So if you want to sleep good over the weekend, getting back over 39.78, closing over that would be, uh, to me, would be a win, a win for the Bulls. Why are we rallying? Why are we rallying? Because um, it's it's a softball up the middle to everyone. Why are we rallying right now? It's probably like some tech names. There you go. It's tech. It's Meta is up it, two bucks right? here now. Netflix has went to the green here. Amazon rotation down a station. Bit. Apple's trying to go up to the green here. Why are we rallying? It is tech once again. They come in, people are getting to their money managers, are getting to their desk at 8.30 because they don't get there until then. That's mm-hmm. like managing your money. They get there much later than the real traders. They get there and they're like, what are we going to buy? Well, we better buy some tech stocks. They're down here today. So, I mean, this is you yeah, know, they- now turning. You can see from the morning, bring it up. You can see the turn in all of these charts here. Bring up Netflix pre-market chart. Uh, it's I think- down all morning. Now it's up. Oh, they got to buy something, right? That, that's it. And and this is why you don't have to panic and just sell at the lows. You're going to get a rally, mm-hmm. raise cash into the rallies, raise cash into the rallies, raise cash into the rallies. Don't sell the dip, sell the rips. But we keep getting rips. And every time we get significant rips, I'm usually on my Twitter, you know, talking about, you know, a little bit of bearishness to try to, like, tell you that this is the time. You know, boom. We're getting, we're not in a, 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 like a COVID where you got to sell dips because we're going a hell of a lot lower tomorrow. It's been choppy the whole time. So you don't have to panic out here. Look what it did but yesterday. I think when we look where we are a month from now, I think we will be significantly lower. So that's why I think you continue to raise cash into the rallies. But again, to, to, to Ryan's point, that the SMH making new relative highs relative to the S&P, of course it is. What have we been talking about is relative strength. That will continue to happen, in my opinion. Tech will outperform this market, in my opinion. But it doesn't mean that it has to go up. If the market's going down, it just doesn't have to go down as much, and it outperforms. So keep that in mind here, too. I believe that we are entering a tougher period for stocks as a whole, but I do believe the tech continues to outperform. One thing that uh, Rob uh, Friesen of Stock Odds points out uh, time after time again, you more get uh, you know off big down opens, Mm-hmm. A much higher percentage of re- you get, you know, you get big pops, right? Yeah. And you know, buying the dip, obviously, in a bull market, as opposed to when you get these, you know, forty handle up opens, and you're trying fade that open. A lot of times, you get run over first before, and it's it's just the tendency of you know of money managers. It's that you know, it's the market structure. You know, buying the dips on days like this is, you know. I mean, if you, you can lean on the pre-market low. I mean, now the pre-market, now you got to be thinking to yourself, I missed the dip. The low, the low is in. We're 20 hand, mm-hmm. now we're 21 handles away. The, the complexion just changes and you're right. The money managers, they got to start. Well, what they do is they listen to pre-market prep in their car on the way to work. <laughs> That's what and it then, is. And then when they get to work, they already, they have their, they don't even have to, you know, they go to their board meetings and they say, well, you know, I think we need to buy tech today. I, and they don't say they listen to pre-market prep. But uh, anyways, mid-range on the session is now not that far away, 67.50. And then I'll give the number that they uh, – if we get a sustained bid over 39.78, that's the closing price, then I'll get rid of the Netflix chart here. We got a chance. Uh, we'll see. The low we on have Monday, lots of chances to rally here. Like That's just it. I mean, we can be as bearish as we want, but there's chop ahead. This isn't going straight down. Again. But I think the news flow, and my job as a trader is to predict, not to look at charts and try to predict the future from charts. You make more money trying to predict the next headline. Get ahead of the headlines. You know what I believe in the next two to three weeks is more bank failures. What does that equal? Probably lower markets, especially on banks. So, I mean, I'm absolutely not buying any banks here right now. Um, unless we get new information where maybe, you know, the Fed's coming in, emergency rate cuts. I said, if that happens, I start to turn around and get bullish because I think that solves the problem. But until I start to see that, I don't see a reason to just turn around here and start just buying stocks. 
So all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop over, uh cover uh some more stocks on pre-market prep plus. We didn't get a ton in today, a lot of macro talk. Um no pre-market prep with stock odds today, and there'll be no uh no closing print. You guys are gonna have to guide yourself into that closing print. Oh, I'll be up in Ann Arbor. I'll be too uh what'd you say? What are we gonna do without that? You guys forget they got the swing trader Mitch. Okay, Mitch, we're going Flex. to you today. Get in there, flex, flex. Dennis, flex. Dennis. You know what? I'm going to teach you how to do it, and you're and you're going to run it, and you can do. Dennis, because you can talk for you could talk for. I can talk half, for a long time. Yeah, you could talk for a half I hour. I know. Okay. I, I was always right. told Swing I trade, you. baby. Everyone, have a good day. All right, let's get to the action. Let's go to the stocks to watch trade zero segment. We're a little late on it, so we'll try to run right through it, team. Let's get to the action. All right, first one up that's an interesting one, making a move is AccuVision. What's going on here, Dennis? You know anything why this is up today? No, actually, this one, this is nice to come into the segment so we can see what is actually moving. Mm, I have right. not looked. It's got to be some, you know, something with the there deal. It has I to would be assume. something. I didn't catch this earlier. Let's go see so. what the news here is on ATVI because it's definitely news. UK CMA provisionally concluded that anticipated acquisition by Microsoft actors will not result in a substantial lessening of competition. So the UK mm. looks like they will approve the deal. Deal. Now, again, this uh -oh. is when the deal is done, but it means it gets closer. We know that 95 is it 95 is the price that's on the table I here for Microsoft. I so it's still another so. 11 bucks there. Still some concern, but this sounds more like, oh, maybe, you know, this deal does get done at 95. So that's why ATVI is trading higher. Interesting to see that. We'll find out what happens in that deal. Of course, they still need to go through regulators here, but not, not a bad move there. Nice spike. It got up to a high of 86.03 today. So might be in play today. We'll find out what happens there. Uh, let's keep going. Of course, one thing that I do see here is drip. Drip is the leverage play to the bear side for oil. Just want to mention the oil news, of course. Uh, at least oil has been sure. edging lower after Thursday's comments that they wouldn't refill the strategic petroleum reserves. And it... This was stated by the energy secretary, uh, Jennifer Goldham, and she also stated that it might take several years to fill that back up. What do you think about that, Dennis, and the oil trade? Uh, it's all oil is moving is with the with the banks overall here. Again, mm -hmm. it's if I've actually been starting to pair trade XLE with IWM, believe it or not. Um, wow. have to, yeah, because right now. It's just um, moving, again, lots of debt in these companies. Banking crisis hits oil for sure. So there's a positive correlation between the banks and oil. It's not going to move as much at the banks, but you know what oil needs is stabilization in the banks. I know it's, people are say you're nuts. It's nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with it. They borrow a lot of money from the banks. Oils are oil companies are heavily indebted. They don't want capital crunch. If we get in a banking crisis, capital, and obviously gets tighter there, and you know credit sorry credit gets tighter there so there is definitely a correlation there with oil and the banks all right i'm seeing gdx here that'll be like kind of the last comment the gold trade do you think this trade can continue the yes. gold one yes i do i think i'm a gold bug here right now again buying pullbacks not buying reps yeah, so of course you get a pullback here you got a pullback three days ago i think gold continues higher here it's the safety trade it's the bitcoin bitcoin and gold moving here together i think bitcoin can continue higher here too the banking crisis worsens is probably good for bitcoin it's probably good for gold and i do predict that the bank crisis is going to worsen well um uh, you boil traders well, i'll say it again man <laughs> i'm not i'm not betting that uh natural gas is coming back um but also getting hit big today jks here of course the china solar name um, do you think that the solar trade could turn around, especially if the energy trade turns around? Yeah, I mean, solar has always had a positive correlation with oil. It's the alternative oil. energy. But as oil prices go up, you know, relatively speaking, the solar becomes cheaper, which can obviously move the prices up as well. So there's always a loose correlation there with oil actually positively correlated with solar. I'm not buying any Chinese companies. I Again, I, maybe I should have been because they're starting to look and they're starting to look better. But I'm just concerned with the geopolitical risk. Again, you can see what I avoid things when I can't quantify the risk. I'm exactly. a risk reward trader. I look at risk first and then look at the return and extrapolate whether I can trade it from there. If I can't quantify the risk, the trade idea stops right there. I can't quantify agree. the risk on China stocks. I can't quantify the risk on banks. 
which means if I'm going to trade them, they've got to be hedged. I'm not taking directional bets when I can't quantify the risk. I love it. Love it there. And uh, just to kind of mention, uh, still short on the Chevron, and that's going lower here. We'll look. I look nice for the mesh. gap fill. The gap filled already. Perfect yesterday. timing on that short too, buddy. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to be. You know what it was, Dennis? Is that I actually remember I played it here on the down move, sold that down move, and then was looking for the bounce to get back into the name. Something that I feel like this market is giving us a lot of opportunities on. It's like, this isn't the sell the rip, but in this case, more like, you know, uh, sell the down move, right? Cover the down move and then look for the bounce to get reshort. That's been working out for me because I just feel like this market is so chop chop. Even when you get that first swing down, a lot of times you're getting these bounces back up. So just be careful out there. Um, we'll see what happens on the oil trade. And just to give the last one that I have there, full disclosure, I also have XOM, ExxonMobil, 105.79, was able to take some profit yesterday. Going to look for this to continue down and maybe even getting into the double digits. We'll find out. Big part for me is just watching the XLE. Do we crack through this 75.36 low? If that continues to crack, now I really start seeing XLE like it's really starting to look broken. We'll find out what happens in the oil trade. All right. That's going to probably do it for me here. On what the was down big here? Uh, you could see also. JKS, coin. We know the coin. It's just continuation. Coin, coin showing up. Yeah, coin's down again wow. here. This is continuation yeah. from the Wells. Um, mm-hmm, from the Wells report. Um, yeah. Just to mention, Kathy did buy some more, but we won't get into that conversation. Uh, Boeing showing up here. Earth. Boeing and Caterpillar. So oh, that Boeing industrial is kind of moving with the overall market here too. Remember, mm-hmm. we just rallied. Sometimes the stocks have a tick tire here too. So yeah. Berkby, Adobe, these are all just market moves here that are moving these things. And we'll okay. see if the industrial trade actually turns around, right? It has been pulling back. We'll keep an eye on it. Like always, you guys can check out the extensive yeah, inventory sure. of short locates through Trade Zero. I'll give you guys the link right here and we'll wrap up. Any last comments for you, Dennis, before we get to Caution selling into strength. So we will get more reps. We will get more rallies. We will have more hope. And I think those are selling opportunities. That is just my opinion. All right. That's going to do it for us. Have a good day, Dennis. We'll bring you back on like always and have a good weekend. Hope the family gets all nice and healthy. This oh, weekend. man. We've been fighting. Shout out bugs, to you guys. COVID, fighting everything over here. So prayer for healthy. my man, Dennis's family. Thank you. We healthy. need to get healthy. Definitely. I, I'm, I'm ruining it for you, Dennis. Have a good trading day. Go Thanks, do what you do Thanks. best, my friend. All right. Dennis is getting into his trading action. You guys keep up with all the action right here, of course, on uh, Benzinga, we got live trading coming up next. We're going to keep going into some other action. And of course, Trade Zero sponsoring us today. So give them a shout out. Check them out. Threw up the link there. You guys can always check out Trade Zero for some extensive inventory on short locates and check out their Trade Zero flagship software. That's going to do it for us. And of course, don't miss this weekend. Going to continue pushing forward Japanese candlestick trading techniques. And what I like that we're talking about right now, we're going to be getting into reversal patterns. And this market has been giving some reversal patterns. I even took a trade yesterday on Sox S based on that reversal pattern. And we're going to actually pull the recording from that on the stream so that you guys can check out exactly how we attack one of these reversals. Japanese candlestick charting techniques. A lot of you guys reaching out for this book. So definitely check it out. Even if you're not in the book club and you just like technicals and you want to read a good book, definitely check it out. It's one of my favorites when I go into candlesticks, but give the thumbs up. We'll see you next time. I'll throw the book link there in the chat one more time. And let's get you guys over to live trading action as I'm ready to go ahead and keep swinging. We'll find out what happens. And like always, if you guys want to catch a swing trading show where you guys see me taking these kind of oil trades, right? Well, come to start swing trading every single day from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. We take a look into the market, try to bring up some setups, take a look at what's moving out there, what was hot, what was not. And of course, bring on traders that take a look into the market on their setups. We'll see you guys over to live trading now. Let's see what Lord Ryan and I can get into and see if we can get some of that money today. Smash the like, team. Let's keep it going.